2: Was dope. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air.
3: Hey, everybody, how you doing?
2: My money don't really. Well, that's good.
3: Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio, that is right, BSH Radio, it's the NHL playoffs, the Flyers are not in it, but we are continuing to bring you the greatest podcast in Philadelphia sports, talking about, that's right, the hockey team, the Flyers. My name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. We got a jam-packed show tonight. I don't know how we have all this Flyers content, considering their season ended two weeks ago, but somehow we do, so I want to get right into it, introduce you to the panel. First and foremost, joining us for the evening, our fearless leader, Travis Hughes. Hey, so I'm pretty damn excited that the Lehigh Valley Phantoms
1: are in the playoffs.
2: Woo! The the, Phantoms! The hockey team, the Phantoms.
1: Phantoms. (laughs) For the first time since, what, 2009, I think. The last season they were yeah. at the Spectrum. Um, this is kind of the part of Paul Holmgren's uh, legacy as general manager that we don't talk about too much. In that he completely decimated the, the farm system and did not pay any attention to the draft. It helps have draft picks. It does it help does. to have like at least a couple of them, right? Um, Luca! <laughs> and you know this this is the this is the part this is the part of the, of his of kind of his legacy that that just didn't really go over too well and um you know I, I think that Ron Hextall is right when he preaches that he we, we need to have a, a system that is that is up and down a winning system all throughout the, th- throughout the organization. And, um, you know, it's the first steps to, towards becoming uh, that organization that we want the Flyers to be. I just pronounce it like a Canadian. but I like to. Um, <laughs>
0: it's great.
1: You know, we, we, and, and hopefully at some point we can get the Phantoms to be an organization where the, they are very much similar to Hershey and the, and the Washington Capitals or the, unfortunately, the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins and the Pittsburgh Penguins, where you have these organizations that feed AHL talent into the NHL system in a very real way, but they're also playoff contenders
3: because um. that was the problem with the Phantoms. Like I, when I was a kid, I, I've said before, I had Phantom season tickets, but it was there were no prospects on those teams. Right. Yeah. It was Peter White, it was Mike Manilunk, Sean McCash, guys who were just the TJ Brennan's, uh, you know, and Jason Ackerson's of the world, guys who were just going to score at that level. Right. It's finding the balance is winning, and also. You know, feeding the team, the, the Gensels and the, guys the,
1: like that. The, the, the Detroit Red Wings and Grand yes. Rapids Griffins are probably the best example of this. Um, that, is, that, that system was just, when it was rolling at all cylinders, it was just like, next guy up, replace him. And hopefully at some point, the Phantoms, maybe not to that extreme, but can become something similar to that. Also, I can't believe they knocked down the Spectrum.
3: <laughs> like, yep, they, didn't, idea.
2: they didn't even <laughs> dumb. build the, the hotel that they were supposed just to just a parking lot it's a phase right. it's, yeah. it's happening in phases are, are people even are people parking there or is it just sometimes remember when
0: the Xfinity Live the was supposed the to be this huge destination was supposed
2: destination. to be awesome
1: and then it
0: became like Xfinity Live yeah. it's like
3: the
1: size of the building we're in right yeah. now with it, a couple <laughs> bars yeah yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the spectrum was what it was. It was time.
4: No, a <laughs> the couple times gone, I was there, no. I was like, This
3: place isn't operational.
4: <laughs> they should have gone like full Montreal forum with it and just built shit around it and kept mm-hmm. it standing. That would have been cool. Yeah. That'd
3: be kinda neat. Yeah. yeah. She's hissing and she's popping. Kelly Hinkle.
4: Alright, well <laughs> my hot take is related to Charlie's hot take. So I'm just gonna we're gonna go backwards here, but there's been a lot of talk about this Calvert suspension, and I think Charlie's got some thoughts about that.
0: If to <laughs> Do you want me to go that. first? Yeah. Okay. The man with the observations, Charlie O'Connor. So, I have to
4: call you wrong, and yeah, no that, one's going to know what you're wrong about.
0: That's fair. Um,
4: so the, the thing
0: with the Calvert suspension, and people on on Twitter got ripped for this. A couple like hockey people, and generally speaking, hockey people when they defend dirty hits are really seem really stupid. This case, though, I, I really didn't hate the argument because one of the arguments that popped up by someone was basically that if if Calvert Stick wouldn't have broke on the cross check, this wouldn't even be talked about. And I don't think he's wrong. Like I, I don't think that.
3: Oh, who was it? I, for, it. I, I forget yeah. who it was, but everyone took it out of context what he was saying because of who he was. Exactly. But he was saying no. The the thing that was actually worse is that he came back around and tackled the guy when uh, he was Oh, Was grown. he saying that? Yeah, but like his first tweet was. No one would be talking about it. Some former player, right? It was some, some form former player. Right? Some form of yeah. Player.
0: I, yeah. I, I guess my point. Like Mike Rupp or something. I guess my point that's with exactly this, what I think it was, was yeah. yeah. I guess my point with this is basically that like if you've ever watched a playoff end of the game scrum, yeah. like bad shit happens. Like it it always happens and we just kind of like gloss over it because oh well it's the end of a playoff game and that's just what happens. And what Calvert did was not good. And probably shouldn't be in the game. But the fact of the matter is is that if if that stick didn't break, what you end up with is... He comes around from behind, hits him in hits him in the back of the arm, and then comes back and basically knocks him in the shoulder. Because I, I went back, and... And I, well, I went back and watched the video, and yeah, he didn't cross check him in the neck. He didn't cross check in the neck, and then the second hit was not a head shot. Because I, th- if you listen to this the suspension video, they specifically said they called a body check. I think the angle just makes it look like he hit him in the head. Is
4: that what it is? Not
0: saying it was good, and it's fine if you want to suspend him. Like I didn't hate the suspension. I didn't think it was this like. Suspend him for the rest of the playoffs thing. Like This was just basically a post-game, insane playoff scrum thing gone really bad
1: because the stick broke. That's just the way I looked at it. The NHL never... apparently agreed with you because they were th- they threw that Pierre Lebrun quote. He, oh, oh Lebrun that was totally, that, that was absolutely the yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Pierre, Le- Pierre Lebrun comes out and says, maybe they won't suspend him even. <laughs> like, come on. It was the NHL obviously throwing it out there to see we were But ever naked.
3: since... Uh, uh, Shay Weber didn't get suspended for the uh the turnbuckle smash. Yeah, that was uh, against against Detroit a couple of years ago. Like I always wonder what the line is because we want the play we love the playoffs because these guys are artificially or otherwise jacked out of their minds intense like trying to kill each other. It's an absolute war out there. Like a series ends and you're like, "Oh yeah, 12 guys need surgery." And like where's the, i don't know how you curtail the intensity without also saying there's going to be there's going to be some after effects of just dirty shit like that's that's going to happen too because and, and, of the way this game is and played and
0: maybe maybe the stick breaking
3: is like that was
0: something i thought about too maybe the stick breaking is that line you can't cross because i mean hell we make it so slashing penalties are fine unless the stick breaks. So maybe it's cross checks are fine at the end of a playoff game unless the stick breaks. That's and then it's true. Suspendable. that's true. Maybe that's what done. we're going with. I mean, I agree with you, yeah. but I'm
3: just going by NHL logic well, yeah. <laughs> here. NHL <laughs> logic, logic is not logic. the word. Yeah, there's <laughs> not a lot of that, actually. Jumbo shrimp. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, my broadcast partner in crime, Steph D. Steph Driver.
2: So, all right, guys. I've been watching the playoffs. <laughs> this is, I know, Why? Gra- groundbreaking <laughs> news. <laughs> They're fun. They're good. That's why. <clears throat> the Flyers are neither of these things.
3: Sure. They're not supposed mm. to be yet. We're so then the question bad.
2: is, when will they become fun and good? And I would like to tell you, I'm not sure if they ever the will. So there is an article from Jordan Hall on CSN Philly Today with quotes from Ron Hextall. And the way that my blood has been boiling reading these quotes and like the, the feeling in the pit of my stomach is... Probably worse than I felt throughout the entire season. So I'm just going to highlight a few of them. Um, No, you know what? Fuck it. I'm reading the whole thing. So um, this is talking. This is Ron Hextall. Hack. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. He knows what's going on. I think if you look, I think if you look look lately here, we started playing really well. The one thing any coach, I don't care where, and I've been around a lot of them over however many years, they hate turnovers. Turnovers are a huge thing in a hockey game. Your players are all going north and all of a sudden there's a turnover and you're not set up defensively. That's where a lot of goals are scored. Quick breaks, three on twos when the other team is not set up. Let's let's put a pin in that because I'm coming back. Um He's continuing. That's what systems try to do. Turn pucks over. Get teams off guard. They're not in defending mode. They're in offensive mode. That's when you quick break. That's when you get scoring chances. It's hard to get scoring chances nowadays. We want our players to be creative. We want Konechny, Giroux, Voracek. We want them to make plays. We want them to set up scoring chances. We want them to score goals. What we don't want them to do is turn pucks over and come back our way, and we end up minus 20, minus 25. That's got to stop. That minus stuff has got to stop. It has to stop. Uh, So do good things, not bad things. Yeah okay. Ugh. Seems, seems so, reasonable. So, all right. Sure, coaches hate turnovers. Fine. Players probably hate them too. But that's part of the game. Like, you're not going to score a goal on every single possession. Like, that's just not going to happen. A difference turnovers in, fucking happen. There's yeah. a
3: difference in when Jake Voracek gets the puck through the neutral <laughs> zone into the offensive zone turns at the top of the circle to look to make a pass and turns it over and there's a semblance of defense behind him and that's looking to make a play when Travis Konechny just throws the puck out into the middle of the ice because he blindly backhanded it trying to break out that's a bad turnover I don't care how good of a player he is that's a bad turnover no matter what kind of play he's capable of making you can't do it
2: okay well if you can't coach around turnovers being part of the game you've got no fucking business being a coach because turnovers are part of the game that's the thing yeah. that happens he's trying
3: to tell Travis Connelly not to make that play.
2: Okay. So next, if your defense defense isn't set up, that's a problem. I mean, we know that the defense is a problem with this team. If you're looking at plus minus the w- and we come back and we end up minus 20, minus 25, that's got to stop. You 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 just stop. Like this is what you're looking at in terms of your coaching. So now everything that's happened throughout the entire season makes sense. The conservative play across the board with Hackstall and, with Hextall's coaching, why all the the shots are coming from the point because they don't want to be too aggressive. The defensemen aren't jumping up into the play because they've been told not to because they need to be prepared for the turnover. They need to, need to be prepared for the rush to go in the opposite direction. This is Hextall. This is Hextall being on the same page of being really fucking bad hockey team. Fire Hextall if instead, and Hextall.
3: If instead of minus 20, minus 25, he said <laughs> we have to stop being bad at five on five,
2: that's he not what he's be, saying. But
3: that's what that's what plus plus-minus is. It's a, it's a statistical measure of goals allowed versus goals scored at is even strength. Is this true?
2: This is groundbreaking information. <laughs> is that what plus-minus means? So, wow! So
3: that's what he's saying. We have to be better at five-on-five, five, which is absolutely true. They're a terrible even-strength team this year.
4: I'm just thinking of that shot that they had of Babcock in the Leafs locker room after a game, and there was just like coursey on the board, like there was just oh, all yeah, kinds all of advanced stats, stats yeah. on the board, and we've got our guy talking about plus minus, like it's 1997. So there was another part he's of he's this got this quote Matt Martin
1: though. in his lineup tonight. <clears throat> there was another yeah. part of this quote where Hextall said that you know it is about risk and reward, and that you know if there's a 40% chance of giving, giving the puck away, um, you know, and a 60% chance or a 40% chance that you're going to make a play, and a 60% chance that you're going to turn the puck over, maybe don't go with that one, but if it's 80 to 20, maybe take that play. The problem
0: is, is when it's 80 to 20, I mean, is it even really a risk? No, or, it's, no it's not. Like then, yeah. then, then. it's a
1: then it's a slam dunk. Right For, I, yeah. by definition, it, it is a risk. Yeah, Th- to play to play risky hockey is it's a risk. It's it's, it's you're going. you there's a lot of times you're going to turn the puck over. yeah. It and, yeah. I it's about picking I'm, your I'm, spots. I'm, I'm on the fence here because like on one hand,
0: I don't hate the quote because I think I understand what he's getting at. In terms of, as Travis was saying, risk-reward, in terms of turnovers being a problem, which they were at times. They definitely were a problem. There's a difference between a turnover that was, as Bill was saying, is a trying-to-create-something turnover and you just make a mistake versus a brainless turnover. There's differences. The one thing that I don't believe he got across here, which has to be evaluated, whenever you're looking at, plus-minus, particularly this season, is the goaltending. Like, one of the sure, reasons absolutely. why they gave up so many goals and one of the reasons why the breakdowns look so bad is because it seemed like, at least for the first half of the year, it seemed like every single time there was a breakdown, the goalie wouldn't wouldn't bail them out. Like, a lot of these breakdowns that are these awful things that we got to avoid, like, every team has breakdowns. Just most good teams have goalies that can bail their team out once in a while, and for the first half of the year, neither Steve Mason nor Michael Neuver could do that. So, while I agree that there's improvement that can be made at five on five, a lot of the goal-based improvement would come just by getting mildly competent goaltending, not by playing a less risky style.
2: Well, I also, what I'm also reading behind the words that were actually said is both coach and GM are on the same page that scheme is going to take precedence over the talent Mm -hmm. that they have and that that's what they're going to, that's what they're going to push. So not only are you having a handful of rookies on the team this year, you're going to have a handful next year and they're all going to be on leashes. Is that what yeah. you want? Yeah. No, and that and that's something that we've talked about a lot in that
4: you're going to have a guy like Travis Konechny who's going to take a risk that right now might be... Yeah. 60-40. Yeah. A
3: blind pass in but, the middle in the defensive zone is okay, a 0% well that, Okay, that's one yeah, thing but, never, but
4: that's not doing. most yeah, of yeah, yeah, but
0: trying to go for a controlled entry rather than dumping the puck in. Like, and I, that's the I thing. Go that's for controlled
4: entry like, over the like, course the of thought. several and years he's
1: going the, to learn that. Right, that's and now is the time
4: risk. that we want them to be taking risks that they're going to fuck up on because now is the time that they learn and instead of reeling in the creativity why don't we just let them Which, go. Which like, could
1: ruin them as a player. Exactly. And
4: yeah, we've talked about this a lot. Just let them go. They're going to make mistakes now, but these are the years that we want them making the mistakes so that in three years, when this is a team that should be competitive... They're not making them. I,
0: I guess I'm maybe I'm being too much of an optimist here, but I I, just, I don't know
2: what that looks like I, optimism. I, yeah, I
0: know, right? <laughs> well, I go back to the way they played last year and the way they played the beginning of this year. Like going into the season, I viewed Haxtell's system as a very risk taking system. The defense was activated all that the time. Way. They played a lot of one two one four check in the offensive zone where the defensemen were going in deep and the the, 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 the high four was taking the defensive place. They did a lot of that. The problem was after the first two months of the year, I think what probably happened, and you never get the coach or the GM to admit this. But I think what probably happened was they just realized, like, we can't trust these goalies to stop a beach ball. Every so time, so, we, so yeah. we have
3: to play more conservative because our goalies can't play hockey well. Every time they there would be an odd man rush, even a two-on-two. There'd be a goal, so you couldn't play risk like risk reward so hockey because it was yeah. all risk. And if there was no reward, like you
0: were losing. So my hope is that if you get half decent goaltending next year, they go back to the team that they were last season, rather than well, two seasons ago now. But what the team they were with Ryan they the Miller playoffs, will and fix it all, dude. And at the beginning of this past year, before they got boring. That's my hope, and it'll, we'll see how it plays out, but that's my hope.
3: I the, want to take this time—go
1: uh, ahead, now, This is just one of those stories on CSN, the one you're, you're referen- refer- referencing here, Steph, that I just wish they would have just given us the transcript so we could see exactly yeah, what that was said. Hmm. Nice. You know, like, Jordan Hall wrote a good story, but I just really yeah. want to be able to see the full context of what they had no, to say No, my here. issue
2: is not at all with the article, and it's definitely not with Jordan Hall or CSN. <laughs> it's a lot to do with the fucking words that Ron Hextall was saying. <laughs> I want to Chip Kelly two point and and it's with, like don't fuck with my team. I <laughs> want to take this car.
3: time to uh, endorse a rule that everyone else seems to hate. I love the puck over the glass. Oh my panel. god! Oh boy, I love it.
2: I hate that so much. Keep you it would. in
3: play.
2: Do you do you remember? And you guys have to remember over during the Olympics uh, where the wrestlers' coaches were um, protesting a penalty and they just started stripping off all their clothes because they were so mad. No. That's what I want to do for puck over the glass. I so, I hate every single puck.
3: Keep the, the, the puck in now. play. And everyone says, oh, no, just treat it like an icing. Make it, you can't change and you get the the offensive zone draw. No. If you want to ice it, ice it. You took the chance other than sending it up the middle. You're like, ah, no, nah, I'm just going to flip it into the stands. It's fine.
4: Sometimes well, it's an accident.
3: The boards are high enough that if it's an accident, you were trying to do it. You're trying to make it look like an accident, and I love when it happens. Both sides start going nuts. Like, no, no, it was deflected, or no, no, that went out. I love the refs conferred to decide. It's very dramatic. I just, I am a huge fan of it. Keep is, the puck in play. I, I just don't know what benefit it, it brings to the game.
1: This is one of those penalties where I think delay like, a
3: game, keep it in play. We Let's can keep all, this moving. We can Continuous almost play always tell. Is the
1: best. We can almost always tell when it's when it's. Intent, intentional, and when it's not.
3: The one time, so I just, why don't
1: why don't let the referees have them some discretion? There was
3: one them? time I wish the referees had discretion with it. It was uh there was a situation. I think the Flyers were on a penalty kill. Oh, he took a, a slap a shot. Draw got one back to Braden Coburn, and he just slapped it, and it ended up going into the netting behind yeah. the other goaltender, length of the ice, and they called the penalty. And it was yeah. uh, that's a bit much. But <laughs> when you're in the defensive zone and it goes out in the defensive zone, yeah, it's a penalty. Keep it in play. Let's keep this going. Continuous play is the best part of hockey. When you slow that down. I want you in the box.
0: Yeah, but if they ice it, it's not going to be continuous anyway. If 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 he yeah, that's it, their decision it, to yeah, not but, be
3: able to change. So my point is, is that like, what's the
0: difference aside from? I guess the only positive of the of this penalty is that you get more power plays, which be more goals. Yep. But I would say, rather than have this penalty, why don't you actually call obstruction
3: penalties and get more power plays that way? That's That'd be nice. Uh, that's actually a, that's actually a great segue to the segment. <laughs> I want to do way later, Charlie. So, thanks a lot for that. So for all the way down the list, Charlie. Hold that. <laughs> uh, Steph, you have so much text here. I, okay, there we go.
2: Well, no, we're done. <laughs> I, I need I lost, I I lost my so far, shit about, about these quotes. I, I had to scroll
3: so far just to find the first sorry, topic of the night. Sorry. Uh, so, I want to get into the playoffs a bit here. Uh, <laughs> I just want to talk about... I'm, l- I'm
2: sorry. Did you say playoffs? Oh. Uh, You can't hear this on Facebook Live, but we have a new song. Can they hear us on Facebook Live? They can. Yeah. Okay, yeah,
3: because they can actually hear me talking right now. This is even
0: worse.
2: (laughs) Score a goal, the Phantoms! Phantoms. (laughs) Phantoms.
0: Hey, we got one playoff team. We got to enjoy it.
2: Well,
4: if you're a Leafs fan, you have two. Oh, shut up, Kelly. (laughs) They're tied, by the way. They came back? Wow. This, this is such goals. a fun
3: series And when they win the
4: game Their names are Bill And Kelly
3: And Seth And Charlie They all, all hockey teams. And Travis <laughs> Thank you Bill Let's
2: Specifically the Phantoms the, team, the
3: Phantoms Win all of the games And then the
1: Calder Cup The
2: Phantoms <laughs> are a team They play us work
1: hockey We're gonna talk about the hockey team Known as the Phantoms The Phantoms are a team oh They play God. us work hockey we're
3: going to talk about it. slows down, down even more at the end. end <laughs> well, if you're still listening, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be. Uh, but thanks for
2: that. Oh, uh, we for thought you loved the remix. Oh, my God.
3: Oh, my God. The, the one we end the show with is great. Okay. That one's trash. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about the uh, the NHL playoffs for a bit, because I don't care about minor league sports. uh, <laughs> uh Just, uh, like, the most captivating series, biggest disappointments. Uh, I may, I'm just basically proposing a talk-about question to you guys. The best question ever asked to a player or <laughs> coach.
0: Well, no, so by I, the I, way, but that, that should be outlawed in terms of asking the players or coaches to talk about
3: that. No, I, I thought that until I heard Panache's, <laughs> is Jordan Wheel invested in the <laughs> Flyers? match. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, just uh, basic takeaways from the playoffs so far. Kelly just said something's going on in that series.
1: Yeah. They just
4: tied it. Oh up. yeah, they did. The, it was three
3: to one
1: Washington, and now it's oh it's and now three it's three, to three, three all. Right. Yeah. All right. And I, and I was gonna say, I mean, the I'm surprised tied. even in the even in game one where the where the Leafs lost, I'm surprised with how they're hanging with the Capitals. They are I mean, taking
4: it to them. Everybody
1: kind of expected Washington to really mm-hmm. to really handle them, mm-hmm. but it's been the, it's been the total opposite. And, you know who
4: didn't expect that? I mean, not the total opposite, but. Leafs
2: fans,
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> we didn't I, expect it I, at all. That's, that's, that's I'm your strongly, cross I'm strongly rooting against the Leafs, but I expected this to be a close series.
2: And oh, well, well did I mean, you? they took they took the first two games to overtime. Like I don't know, did yeah. did we all expect that? Because nope. I mean, no. I
1: mean, it was two nothing five minutes into the series. So Toronto for Toronto, yeah. which yeah. is shocking. And me.
2: Austin Matthews just scored his first goal tonight. So I think that they're probably my most surprising. Yeah. um. And I'm going to save my second selection for later.
0: I'm. I'm. I i am i would not even say because the most surprising team in my opinion by far is St. Louis with how they're absolutely dominating in. You know who's in, not on, surprised on the, on the scoreboard with Minnesota? Huge Blues the fan. The Sank show. Oh, one. <laughs> but I'm not going to even come close to saying that the Blues are outplaying the Wild in that series because they're not. It's purely the Jake Allen show. He's been incredible and it's amazing because of how bad he was the first half of this year that he's turned it around and now has looked really really good. He's the main reason why they're up three zero in that series.
4: I'm pretty surprised that the Ottawa-Boston series hasn't been the most boring series of hockey ever in the history of mankind. It's actually been not that terrible. I think I've watched like seven combined minutes of that series. It's mostly Carlson. <laughs> that's <laughs> making it great. But it's, it's I mean, I, I watched so a game. Him. And I know. He's just trapped.
1: But what's what's Boston's uh, combined plus minus in those seven
4: minutes? <laughs> what? 69.
3: Oh, boy. There
1: you go. Nice.
4: What This
3: is a, just a huge issue I have with the NHL. Four games tonight, why do two start at seven?
4: I know, it's, it's yeah, stupid. It's it's so seven
1: and 7.30, stupid. this isn't hard. No! This isn't hard.
4: The <laughs> other night, I think there were three games all at intermission at the same time. Yeah, which is like all, a I think they all started yeah. at the same time. Like, this uh, is why dumb. can't you figure this out? It's why dumb. is
3: this the hardest? Thing? Especially in the, in the playoffs, I'm going to be channel surfing, yeah. and then I want to watch the third periods of every game. Mm-hmm. And if all your third periods are on at the same time, I'm absolutely going to pick the wrong one. <laughs> and I want to be saved for myself. Stagger the start times. If they were it's really, not friggin' hard. If they were really
1: smart, they'd start them 45 minutes apart from each other, because a period is about 45 minutes long in real time. So just it's not that really that difficult. No, but the NHL is all. clearly incapable of handling this.
3: So uh, who do we think has looked the best so far in uh, uh, of the, what, eight series? The Steph? Edmonton
4: Connor McDavid's. They have been... Shock. I mean, I picked them to win the series in my bracket, but even I'm a bit surprised by how good they look. I mean,
0: they're only up two to one. And I mean, they that's won, up they, they won Game Three, one nothing. I think it's. I mean, as much as it and kills me, I think it's obvious who's looked the best, and it's the Penguins. They do look really good.
4: <laughs> Although to be fair, Columbus, they're playing a bad team. Yeah, that's Columbus true. is imploding. That, that is so, true. Which I kind of expected to happen. I they're thought just, that Pittsburgh was going to roll them, but just, they just yeah. They're just. They're schooling. not even putting
0: they're up a fight. They're mm-hmm.
3: the Blue Jackets defense. Are they yeah. hitting? Columbus hitting so bad? Because that's what's important. If they're hitting, <laughs> got to have it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they were when they won sixteen in a row, they weren't hitting, and they lost their identity. So they went back to it, but now they need to get back to the hitting that they were doing when they were losing and not winning. Oh, I love, I love Tortorella, Tortorella so much. You could also <laughs> make- How the hell did he win a cup? He's a friggin' Because moron. he was actually oh, ahead of his time back then.
0: That was pre-lockout. <laughs> right. Yeah, he just had an awesome team is what it was. Yeah. You could also make a case for Nashville. I mean, They haven't allowed the Blackhawks, who according to some people were like the favorite, to score even one goal and is. according to our theme song you have to score a goal to win the game That's
2: <laughs> true is this true uh,
3: Nashville's the most surprising to me because they're beating the Blackhawks pretty handily and Blackhawks haven't scored Pecorine oh pickles. there you go I yeah. I wanted to leave Sorry. the opening for you to do it Renee's right. looking yeah. great uh, like I said my bandwagon team will be the winner of Chicago or Nashville I of course said I expect Chicago to win but uh Hey, I'm Dan with Smashville.
2: I have Chicago as my biggest disappointment and I love it. <laughs> I love I love every moment of Chicago having not scored a goal and losing everything. This yeah, it feels Warm, good, right? Warms my cold dead soul.
4: Yeah, I mean, I know that the Wild were skidding heading into the playoffs, but I kind of expected that they would figure out that they're not a terrible hockey team, but they've seemed to not have done that and that's a bit disappointing to me.
3: Re- I expect yeah. the Wild to bounce back, tie the series, and then of course lose Losing in game, game, seven. game yeah. 7. You
1: do know who their coach is, right? Exactly. I mean, this this this
3: is obvious.
0: <laughs> I the reason why I can't like the Wild are the obvious ones because they were Uh, maybe not a popular pick to win the cup but they were definitely one of the you know at least one of the four or five or six maybe top picks the reason why I can't really call them a disappointment is because like they have dominated the series from every metric except goals and it's purely a goal a goalie thing like Dubnik is not playing that well and Allen's playing awesome and like that happens sometimes in the playoffs like sometimes you just run into a hot goalie and yeah it's disappointing and it sucks but it, that happens
1: sometimes. Brian Boucher and Michael Layton carried to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, well, who I knew? Mean, and then they and then, <laughs> then they, and then they completely <laughs> your heart out.
4: Should have kept Boucher in, in my opinion. I have a lot of thoughts about that should series to this kept, day. Well, you know, should have kept her. him in.
3: They just kept alternating injuries. Is what happened. Terrible, just terrible, just,
0: terrible. I mean, thing. I think you, I think you can make a case the Capitals are the most disappointing because they are wow. not separating themselves
3: from the Maple Leafs. Yeah. The Less Leafs, shocking, especially right? this early, and all the pressure, even uh, you know, Toronto is the fishbowl of the hockey world, but all the pressure in the world is on the Caps, and Toronto's just this young upstart, you know, too young to realize the situation they're all in. All year you,
4: long, they've just been having fun.
3: You've got to give like
1: the they Toronto so market credit. Almost yeah. as like, if it's
3: a game. wow,
4: like, yeah. The, <laughs> the Toronto
1: like market, you would, playing games. you would think that they would eat themselves over this season, but like... They're actually, like, the market, the fans are just like, yeah, this is well, great. they yeah. are
3: playing with house money. It's awesome. They yeah. all, all in the beginning of the year, were like, okay, one more year. We'll, you know, and then we'll be good. <laughs> but they, they all Charlie think they're is. a year ahead of where they're supposed to be.
2: <laughs> Poor Charlie. Charlie hates Toronto so much. Not a fan. And it, like, so, it upsets him that we like them. As of
3: now, <laughs> we're only, like, three, four games into each series, some less. Uh, but, uh, like, what is your... What are you looking at as the potential, potential final, and what's your dream final?
2: Well, my dream final is Edmonton-Toronto, because I think that that would be so much awesome. so fun. It
4: would be so fun. It would be a lot
2: of fun, and you know what? Let's just roll with that. That's what I want to happen. Okay. I wouldn't hate that one bit. I mean, it's not what I think will happen, but that's what I want.
3: Gentlemen, the one thing the
1: United States has over Canada is that they haven't won the Stanley Cup in 25 years. So I'll
4: like, let them have one. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
3: tell you what's winning me over in terms of Toronto is is dark guy. I'm really into this dude smoking cigarettes (laughs) in Woody. I
4: I couldn't stop looking at him. He was a fascinating character. Me and two of my friends
3: smoked cigarettes in the Wells Fargo Center during a playoff game against the Canadians and no one said anything, so I mean we're in the last row, not like behind the bench.
0: I, I think I think Travis and I are on the same page with the dream final of, of yeah. Nashville Caps. But if if the Caps lose, then it's literally like Nashville and then anyone other than the Penguins. Like that <laughs> that, that becomes yep. the
1: dream final.
3: Yep. I just want Weber Suban. I want
1: that, that. I want it. Weber does nothing for me. It's He's,
3: not about Weber, it's
1: about the tanks. I know it's about the tanks. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you were to if you were to ask anybody over the last five years who the most entertaining players in hockey are The answers, at least in my opinion, are Alex Ovechkin and PK Subban. Yeah, and I want to see them play each other in the final.
4: I wouldn't hate it. Simple, it's just impossible to happen because the Caps are going out in the first round. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I also
3: want Radulov to get his redemption a little bit because I'm just a big supporter of his.
4: God, I'm why? so shocked by why him. Not? He's he's him actually player, performing. Why?
3: Because he got re- he got kicked off of a team that he was playing For well on. For being an asshole. Kind of, yeah. he's he's kind of partying. He kind of deserved it. Yeah, <laughs> rage. Who cares if he's partying? The night before a game? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not the history of hockey. If Bobby <laughs> Clark wasn't allowed to drink the night before games, they would have never won two cups. And athletes are a lot better now. Friggin' Bertie Perrant. Sitting there, probably shit-faced in net, pitching shutouts.
0: Yes, and athletes are a lot better now, so maybe can't they can't do that. And maybe they did not. He
3: was playing well Was the rest of the team. He, he, they kicked him off the team, and they came out and shit the bed. I love Radulov. <laughs> oh,
4: boy.
3: I, he's my favorite player in the Habs. He's the only <laughs> thing I like about the Habs. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask about uh, the uh, the Pittsburgh-Columbus series. Wierenski took that. He took a nasty Oof. shot. Why wasn't play Blown Dead? I know the letter of the law, but I've also seen it when a play is in imminent distress, i.e. bleeding from the face, play gets blown dead.
2: i.e. he has a facial fracture. Oh, yeah, I'm not and, sure. Sh- and, and,
3: and then say he's done.
1: Yeah. T- to be fair... <laughs> Um, it didn't if, if you rewatch it it doesn't necessarily look like yeah he I was, was gonna like, say he got up pretty quickly and I guess it was because he didn't realize that or he realized that they weren't gonna whistle it dead but he wasn't like writhing in pain or anything Mm-mm. he just kind of was down on the ice
4: yeah um, I don't think that in real league, time the refs would have known right. how bad it was and because... the
1: rule book does say that the the, the the injured players team has to have possession of the puck so I've seen it Pittsburgh
3: clearly had the puck the I've seen time. it enforced the other way when the injury is serious I remember when Patrick Thor's and took the shot to the balls (laughs) they said if he had been hit in the face we would have blown it dead but he wasn't bleeding on the ice I mean if he had
4: stayed down or like done that thing like you know knelt up or something and you could see the blood I'm sure they would have blown it dead but it just didn't look in real time like it was quite as bad as it turned out to be
1: I don't know if there's
0: I yeah, I just don't know if there's a good solution to this because the logical thing is like, yeah, they should have blown play dead. The guy's gushing blood out of his face, but then you run into like the moral hazard of the whole thing is, you know, if there's ever a cycle and a guy takes a block shot and he just lays on the ice and pretends that he's hurt, does that long cycle just end because they have to blow the play dead because the guy's faking injury? I mean, that's the yeah. issue you run into and, and that's, that's why, why if he's
3: bleeding from the face is my that's my that's my indication. So what? The ref should just go over and look and see if he's bleeding. Like is that? Can, I don't. It wasn't terribly the obvious the if he was yeah. bleeding. Yeah,
1: yeah not I at mean, only no.
3: yeah. a bunch of officials on the ice. One of them can probably see if. There's I mean, if blood. there's
2: if there's blood on the ice, they should probably <laughs> <Fair>. play it. <dead.
3: laughs> but it's hockey, so you know, let them play. He's out I for the year. That. That so what what is what is what is a called a it, like, player, the It's like the NHL 93 like. rule if there's blood on the eyes, <laughs> <edge, just laughs> blow it dead I just I am I'm, I'm blown away more that they let him finish that game and then they were like, "Oh yeah, he's done for the year." It was well, a little surprising. Well, he didn't finish the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. He 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 came he played, he kept playing and then he got to a point where he couldn't see out of yeah, the yeah. eye. Oh. So oh they have to take him out.
2: that what Cut happened? Me Yeah.
3: And then that's when he came out. Oh
2: yeah my god.
3: Uh one more thing before we get to the exit interview stuff. Kelly last week uh in your opening take we did the whole the problem isn't the core and it's not necessarily the coach it's kind of everyone else yeah. thing and when you look at when you look at say what the leafs are doing with an excellent fourth line and how that's a matchup issue and uh like how Zach Cassian is making a ton of noise uh for Edmonton you you start to wonder like it starts to lend credence to what we were saying in that it's more about your depth because everyone's top end talent is this, you know, everyone's got the good top end talent. That's why you're in the playoffs. And it's more about everyone else.
4: Yep. Imagine having four lines that can score goals on a regular basis. Imagine what that would be like. I would be it good with two. Wouldn't would that be, be fun? fun? <laughs> Two would be nice. Three? Three would be amazing. I would take half of I'd
2: take one. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, well, as of today, Chris Vandevelde is not on the team next year. So actually
1: he's still under contract. Oh next, next year. year. He's still under contract right now. So I, know, first? First? As
0: of
2: today. I know that's why that's why I that's why I didn't say he's not on the team anymore. He's, not he's on the team not until on the July team 1st. Next year as of today. So I guess that's something to be thankful for.
4: He's gonna be I'll believe that again. shit when I see it. Yeah, that's
2: gonna be
4: silly Joe Mullins. And that's where we He is a specialist, folks. He's got the Who's seen more power play goals scored against him than Chris Vandervelde?
3: He knows what works. He's got a front seat for all (laughs) Woo! Thank you, my best tweet of the week. Uh, (laughs) And that's a segue into uh, the news that came out of the exit interviews uh, from the past week. Uh, Of course, Joe Mullen ousted as Flyers' assistant coach. Uh, The power play faltered down the stretch. Wasn't particularly great last year uh, for the talent that they have. You know, and how bad the second unit's been. I guess we saw this coming. More surprising, Perrier still here. That was weird. Yeah, yeah
4: like, bad, bad choice. As I think we talked
0: about, it It was last week, right? When we talked about yes. the, um, we talked about the the assistant coaches and what what should happen. We were all kind of on the fence about Mullen. Like, if he gets fired, I could see it. It's not a necessity, but I could understand why they would do it. Whereas Le Perrier was the guy who were like, "Well, I probably should go." If you look at the record, it's pretty awful. And so Mullen getting let go, I, I see why they did it. As as we talked about the penalty, the power play two has been awful. The power play one's been good, but has seen better days. I look at it, I think the process is fine, and it's a risk because you know maybe the coach screws with power play one, and then everything gets worse. The new guy, you just don't know. My hope is that he leaves power play one mostly alone, fixes power play two. Claude Giroux should be power
3: play one coach. That would be great. That's
0: that's what it is. But like, That's the risk, but the reward's there. The power play could get better. The penalty kill though, you you look
3: at the numbers and the penalty kill has been bad. Last three years combined, 79.1% fourth worst in the NHL. Every year,
0: other than Le Perrier's first year as a penalty kill coach, the Flyers have had a below average penalty kill. And it's just hard to understand how a guy keeps his job with that
1: kind of track record. Because he I'm, smashed
0: I'm, his I'm, face. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. open. I'll open the floor, guys. I like, do
1: wonder if there is a legitimate aspect of that. If, if I mean, we can they... give him
4: another job. Do you like right. they did with Holmes? That's all we, we do is fire people
2: or it. up. Promote it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this yeah. was the promotion because he was in player development and then he right, got yeah. promoted yeah. to right. the power play coach. I think maybe Lehigh Valley may need an assistant coach. Maybe. Yeah, go up there and fuck because I want that Riley would Cote. Be a promotion. Oh, they had 101 yesterday.
1: points this year. I don't know if they need anything changing. No, yeah. really don't. I, I don't want know. Riley trying, Cote up think here think yesterday. Of, I love her. I'm
2: trying Cote. to think of something that would be a promotion for Lappy that is not on the flyers. <laughs> just I of wonder, a job,
4: like, director of player
2: operations.
4: Director of heart. Yes. <laughs> director of grit. Manager of grit.
3: But I wonder, like, since the NHL is kind of almost turning into the NFL in that, it's like, no, you can't have 35-year-olds. Like, no, we don't have veterans. We can't afford them. We need player development. It's it's young. Like, I wonder if in lieu of on-ice veterans, they have a guy like Perrier who is, for all intents and purposes, a locker room guy. Yeah. That's, that's who he I, was. I, I wonder that. I wonder if that's part of his...
0: That's why yeah, he's I, here. Yeah, I get the impression yeah. that, like, he's almost something of, like, the good cop in the assistant coaches. He said that. That, yeah. I, that, that like, I am... I. And um, this is just totally me like imagining this, but Ghost gets scratched. Ghost is angry, and Ghost goes to Laparriere, and like this is ridiculous. Why am I out of the lineup? And Laparriere is like, yeah, you know, you're right, but you got to also look at this side too, and then calms him down. Like maybe that's what they like about having. What
3: Le you need to do is block shots wrong, and you'll have a job for life. <laughs> well, my understanding <laughs> the face of face will suffer, but oh.
1: <laughs> my understanding of his role when he was in the player development role before he got the assistant coach job is basically that he was kind of that like introduce young kids to the organization and the NHL lifestyle type of thing Um, that was a big part of his role so that is kind of a natural progression right as a as an assistant coach to kind of fill that good cop role
3: kelly you have a very confused look Uh or concerned perhaps
4: like all of that is is like all nice and wonderful and cutesy cutesy and stuff but we got to have a Power
2: play that works, no, or a penalty kill that works,
4: right? Like, so you would think, um, look, maybe I, those I, I'm things I'm don't you. outweigh. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So,
2: like, maybe you fire a guy who's not performing his job well. Like, maybe, uh, yeah, I've heard so of it's This It's a bold strategy. I think kind of it, it pays off for us. Maybe, maybe instead in, of creating new roles, we actually get rid of people who are underperforming. And attempting
3: yeah. to keep consistent in that. I do believe there were logical reasons for some of the things Dave Hackstall did this year in terms of the young talent. No. If you're not doing your job, you should kind of be punished for it. Uh-huh. And Lapierre is awful at his job.
4: His penalty kill is
1: terrible. They could take the penalty kill away from him. There's no role. What says, is doing? Right. Well, I mean, there are there are assistant coach roles that are not just working on the special teams. I guess yeah, that's true. The the only
0: positive thing I can say about Lapierre this year is that they did change the tactics to a degree. They did become more aggressive, and that at least shows me that he's not so stuck in his ways that he's not willing to adjust. The problem was that. They still use Belmar and Van as the <laughs> top two
4: penalty killers, and
0: like I just don't know if like I don't know if Belmar will ever not be the top penalty killer under Perriere because my guess is that Laparriere just sees so much of himself in Belmar.
3: That, that's my <laughs> guess. That's an insult to Laparriere. He, <laughs> he thinks he's not Laparriere scored goals every now and then. One of
2: one of my biggest problems with this season and with Dave Haxtell and let's just say the whole coaching staff. Is that they've made me hate Belmar, and I really love Pierre Edward Belmar as a person, as a story, as as the guy who came up as a rookie at thirty years old from France of all places. Like, I don't know, I, Lloyd.
3: The French are assholes.
2: I <laughs> have been to Paris and I fucking hate it. But like, I really love his story, but I hate him on my team right now. I'd be okay if he's a fourth line winger.
3: All right, uh, we got to okay. keep this moving along here, and I got to get to these Steve Mason comments. Were oh, they're so woo!
2: delicious. He
4: I just love doesn't it. care. Yeah, he's like great. no
3: F's to give. Yeah, Steve yeah, he, he, Mason. He came in hot. Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, they they basically he was talking about his role with the team and how he believes you shouldn't have a uh, goalie tandem. There needs to be a, a set number one netminder and a set backup and he's all these wrong. things. Uh, yeah, and. There's a lot of evidence that says he's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And basically he said they're well aware where I stand. They have to make their choice. Uh, Hexy kind of left it as we're not closing the door, but they have to figure some things out.
4: What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Steve Mason's relationship with the Flyers is like my romantic life at the moment, which is just sort super fun. <laughs> like, I'm just going to sit here and hope that you choose me. But if you don't, I guess yeah, I I'll find a job someplace else. <laughs> Thanks <very> guys. It very clearly
3: <laughs> means if you want me back, you have to say I'm the number one goalie yeah. and we're not doing yeah, this. That's right. that's exactly what is. We're it not means. doing this what, shit again. What is
4: the they have
1: to figure some things out part mean? Uh, well, they have to they either have to move
3: me Yeah. They have to figure right. out if Stoli's coming up, if they're moving Neuvert, if they're just going to get a straight up backup for Mason or if Stoli's going to be that backup. If
4: they're going to manage that, their Neubert personnel is the one effectively.
3: That's under that was
4: why
1: we were so pissed Neubert's off about the contract because it meant that Mason was
2: gone is not going to take Michael Neuvert. I just, I, I, I just can't. I, I can't help
0: but but read this quote by by Mason regarding what Hexel supposedly said, and just take it as like the hockey equivalent of "Don't call us, we'll call you." Right? Like it just right. seems like yeah. the nice way to say, "Dude, you're gone," but like maybe we'll call you and tell you in our in a couple weeks that we <laughs> change our mind. I, like I don't the- know
2: because he did tell Delzato and Schultz like you're gone. True. That, yeah. That's a good point. And, and he didn't do that with Mason, so maybe they are trying to see what happens in the expansion draft
0: and or maybe they're they're still evaluating the goalies that are going to be free agents maybe they're looking at also those that. guys to see if okay well if we if we do our scouting and we decide, hey, we really don't like any of these guys, then maybe we'll come back to Mason.
2: I think Or, it also hold on, let's go crazy all in. If we're if we're going all in on crazy, they just called up <laughs> Carter Hart from Lehigh Valley. Maybe they're looking to see what happens during And here during comes the, the Kirk conspiracy thing. Like, maybe that's what they're waiting to <laughs> see, what told, Carter Hart can do in the playoffs.
3: Maybe they told Mace, you think you're a clear-cut number one goalie, go get a number one contract. If not, we like working with you. We like you as a 1A guy.
4: Maybe after they signed Neuwirth and then he shit the bed, they were like, oh, no. But Maybe I really love, I just really thing. love,
3: I really love the, the Mason quote. Do me the favor and make the decision as soon as possible because I have other things to take care of. A house and moving thing. He's so blunt. <laughs> he just doesn't care. He doesn't really care. So he doesn't care. He's always been like that in
1: interviews. He's just a blunt dude. Like, but he's, he's th- actually moving any of his shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right?
3: <laughs> but he actually said, like... Even if he wasn't the clear cut number one, and you were going to go with Neuvert as the guy, he said coming into the season with Noivert Neu- getting the nod as number one, fine, number one, then fine. You just need to have, for both of our sakes, you need to have defined roles, and the the examples he gives are true. He says, like, St. Louis fixed their situation because that goalie tandem just wasn't working. And you look at Dallas, how they went with the tandem and got the worst goaltending in hockey. And it's not that he's saying anything that's untrue.
4: No, a lot of times you have to pick a guy and let him work through his shitty play until he gets hot, because that's typically what seems to happen with Tampa goalies.
3: Was his other, Tampa was mm-hmm. his other example. Like, yeah, when They you were just like, Vasilevsky's our guy, and we're getting rid of Bishop.
4: When you go back and forth, you don't give anyone an opportunity to find their game and get hot, and then you just end up with two mediocre goalies that you're switching back and forth between for an entire season, and
2: it's not fun. And um, I, I think that it, it's important to point out that Neuvert agreed with Mason. So Mason was saying all this stuff, but Neuvert was just like, yeah. yeah, he's right. Yeah, he was he
0: was much more diplomatic about it, probably because he because he's, he's, he's on contract next
3: year. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> he didn't really disagree though. But
3: I, I was uh, a
1: okay, good. No, I do wonder where Ron Hextall actually stands on this. Um, he was a goalie, and I think for his entire career, basically, I kind of went back and looked, and there were like one or two years where he wasn't the clear starter, but the rest of his career, he was basically the clear starter. Um, so he never really had to deal with this as a as a as a goalie. I know
3: himself. the ni- I don't remember the '97 playoffs well. But I remember Garth Snow playing no, it was some a, games. That was a timeshare. Yeah. yeah, it was like Hextall and Snow went back
0: and forth. You know what? It's so hard. <laughs> I think, hard. Other no, I think that season, I
1: think, I think Hextall still wound up playing
0: like 50. Playing games. more, yeah. It's just the way I look at it is I don't think it's a hard, fast rule, like the way Mason's saying it. Because let's be, like, let's be honest with ourselves here. Mason's biased. Like, of course he's going sure. to say, I think there should be a number one goalie. Because, hint, hint, that should be me because I want to play more games. Like, he has an agenda here that we need to take into account. And I'm sure that there are some goalies that are okay with being in a tandem. What's clear, though, is that he's not one of them. Are so, there any so, tandems
4: that work, though? Because I can't think of any.
0: I mean, I'm sure there have been. I can't rattle them off off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are some goalies who it doesn't bother them. Mm. Goalies are weird. They are the weirdest people So there. you just have to, if if you're going to work with a goalie and you're going to sign a goalie, you have to understand what his mentality is and what he can deal with and what he can't deal with. And what's obvious here is that Steve Mason cannot deal with being in a tandem where he is not either the clear number one or the clear number two. Because if he if he's in that situation, he's going to lose his mind. And the Flyers need to recognize that if they want to bring Mason back, that he's got to be in that situation. He can't be in a tandem or else this is going to happen again. And that may be one of the reasons why they want to let him go because they want to use a tandem and
1: he's not willing to do it. They could also be playing hard here and saying that, you know, thinking that maybe he might not get a job in free agency. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, to support what Mason was saying though I, I was reading an article in the Hockey News, and it was basically the winning formula of the Penguins, Blackhawks, and Kings because they 've won seven of the last eight cups, and like in a league that 's all about parody that 's pretty impressive uh, and there there 's a quote from bill ranford who 's John Quicks. Uh, goalie coach, and he also won the Con Smythe in, what, ni- yeah, 1990. 1990. So he's he's got, a, he's got a pretty good handle on this stuff. And uh, basically, he just said the exact same thing. If you're second-guessing who you're playing in goal, your team starts second-guessing it, and that's where the problem is. And You need to go with a guy and run with him, leave and, live and die by the sword. He's your guy and is either going to win it for you or not. And then there's some stats that back it up all seven of those teams had one goalie win at least 13 of the 16 games it takes to win a cup. And every winner except one since 1991, I think, has been one goalie wins 13 of 16 at least. So if you have a platoon... You're not going to win the cup. It's been supported by stats over the last 20 seasons. But is that just because most teams don't use platoons? Like I just I don't know. But most but teams don't, don't use they? platoons because yeah. it's
0: unsuccessful. Cuz they don't work. I mean, why do most teams have crappy fourth lines? Because it's just what you do. Like like that's kind of my it's point. Cuz it's really it. hard to find 12 really good but, skaters and pay them. But my, my point is is that how much of this is tradition and how much of this is like if that very well could be true. I'm not convinced that it's
1: like a hard fast rule. That's, there might, there might be 25 teams in the league that have good enough goalies who they where they separate themselves. Yeah. I would argue that Philadelphia is one of those teams last year. But
3: oh, yeah, I don't not. think you need a super. I don't think you need Carey Price or Hen- Henrik you Lundqvist don't. to win a... Cup because those two have never won any. I just think you need one guy and he needs to be your goalie.
2: I like the little dig right there because well, <laughs> they haven't won any. Well, it's <laughs> true though, like yeah.
3: they're great. They're the two best goalies of like recent history. No, I agree with you but completely. They've never won, and you would think there there is probably a mentality thing
0: in a playoff series where if you if you force the other team to change goalies, you feel like. Yeah, we've got yeah. It. But at the same time, look at what happened in the last series the Flyers were in last year. They switched goalies, and then Neuver came in and it almost turned the whole thing around. So like, that's why I'm saying with goalies, I hesitate to say there's a hard, fast rule because they're weird because they're weird and there isn't I don't think there's a formula with goalies some of these teams that won you know that won with one guy he wasn't the guy to start the year. he just happened to have a great year and took over like goalies are strange and I think the way the flyers would look at it is let's let's have two good guys and hopefully one guy separates himself and becomes the number one The problem this year that Mason, Neglects to point out, which again understandable. He's got an agenda. Is the fact that I think the Flyers wanted there to be a number one. It's just neither the guys were playing that well, so right. they couldn't give it. Dave to Haxtell wanted there, the
3: Dave Haxtall wanted there to be a number one, and his name was Michael Neuvert
2: True, yeah. she <laughs> tried so hard. To True, which which
3: which was them leaning too hard into what
1: happened in that playoff series last year, because yeah. Mason was the reason they got to the playoffs, yeah. and mm-hmm. then Neuvi
3: comes in and he plays great, and in, then one of the, of the wor- and- one of the one of one of the worst defenses in the league ran into the capital. <laughs> whatever happened, happened. Uh, the, other, the other thing that came out of the exit interviews was uh, Goss Despair's comments, which were, I don't know how to take them because I only read them and I didn't hear the tone. But he said, it's pretty cliche, but I just said, I'm going to go out there and have fun. I'm going to go make plays, and I don't care if I get yelled at. I'm going to play my game and make my plays. People can look at it as risky, but most of the time it works out for me.
2: Before... Charlie says what I know Charlie's going to say. (laughs) I think that if you look at this quote directly next to the quotes from earlier from Ron Hextall about risk and how they're trying to eliminate risky plays and he wants them to be creative but not risky. That's really interesting. And even if it was said jokingly, I mean... Having one of your star players say, I don't care if I get yelled at, kind of says a lot. And I think it says a lot, not only because he's saying it, but also because he's saying it, because you're not going to have Shane Gossespierre saying this about the coach and about the system if he didn't know that the team leadership, Claude Giroux, and the rest of them were behind him.
4: Yeah, it made me happy to read that quote because I was like, all right, good. He knows how he's supposed to play this game right and he wants to do it that way and that's good because i was afraid that he was getting it beaten out of him
0: no that that makes me happy i just from what and i i did not make it to the gossip Bear interview but i i talked to people who who did because i got there late um it was he was basically laughing when he said it he was he was essentially saying it basically jokingly and it doesn't make any sense for him to take shots at the coaching staff when he's about to negotiate a contract in a month. So, like, or does it?
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: go ahead, free me. I'll well, go get said, seven he, mil on the open market yeah, but, today. Yeah, but he's an
0: RFA, so yeah. he has absolutely yeah, no leverage right. whatsoever. The way I look at it is, could it have been sending something of a message? You know, maybe. And, and the, the the furthest I'll be willing to go is that maybe they were having these these butting heads conversations early in the year and this is kind of like joking about like something that used to be a point of contention and now isn't anymore that's possible but the thing with Bear and look I love the guy I love watching him play but he, the plays that he makes sometimes they are plays where you're like oh no no oh, oh okay that that's good like, <laughs> like, like, like you have that split second of like oh my god he's actually gonna try that and you're freaking out and then you realize it worked but Sometimes those plays where you're like, Oh my god, what's he doing? then turn into a turnover right in front of the net. Like so yeah, he's gonna be a guy who some coaches, especially the particularly risk averse ones, are going to be scared to death of, but I do think the organization as a whole recognizes that he needs to take risks to
3: succeed. I, I do believe. If it. I was Nashville, I'd absolutely offer Sheenam. They got over 17 million cap I was actually, space this oh my summer. God, I was thinking I'd that like, ha, last night.
2: Revenge! <laughs> revenge! <laughs> I, I was thinking exactly that last night. Was, was Lavi the coach when Ghost was drafted?
3: Yes, because they traded for Steeg for that draft. It was draft 2012, bench. yep. Huh.
2: That's I mean, all. I don't think
0: has much, <laughs> has much to do with the players drafted in the third round. But
2: I'm just saying, could be could be interesting. I would I I have a lot of feelings. But how do you say? How, like honestly, how do you say? I don't care if I get yelled at in a in a joking way that doesn't mean I don't care if I get yelled at. I I feel like,
4: to your point, I'm wondering because like you said, he wouldn't have said that if he didn't know that. Other people in the room agreed with him, right? So now and you he's, have to wonder—he's not the guy that
2: falls out of line.
4: Like, no, he's not that kind. So now of guy. you have to wonder: okay, does Hextall
2: even have this room? No, anymore. I don't well, think so. Now at all.
0: No, I think you're going. I, well, I don't. I don't
2: I can think go so. As but far, as, far I think, as I want, I think, <laughs> I think. I think the GM. I think. I think Hextall is is wholeheartedly behind him, which makes things complicated. Yeah, but like, no, seriously, I'm I'm legitimately asking the question: How do you say I don't care if I get yelled at in a way that? It's, it's a, like, it's a
4: joke that has truth behind possibly. it. Possibly, but like it doesn't make any
0: sense... The the theory that ghost is getting the the creativity knocked out of him doesn't make any sense. It doesn't pass. You see the, that three sixty. doesn't pass the smell <laughs> test when at the end of the year he was bringing it all back. Well, because and they he stopped and, caring. Well, but they were praising him for it. Like if the organization doesn't want him to be risky, why would they praise him for the way he played at the and end of the year when we, he was playing we, risky? Are
1: we, are we reading into these quotes too much? Do we and really I, know that he's, out, he's being outspoken against the coach. Mean, I, don't, I
3: don't. I mean, I don't, we I don't, don't know that.
1: We
2: don't, but well, we how, know how do you read them? Read them? I'm asking.
3: I don't know. Because he talked Um, so much about his own confidence, and he He said it had nothing to do with the injuries, but when I compare it to what Claude Giroux said about his injury, in that Mm -hmm. when you just go out night after night and try to do things you know you can do, and then your body just doesn't do them, you start to lose confidence. Wild Ghost isn't going to blame it on the injuries. I have to believe that was at least part of it. Oh, for sure. When he
1: says here, I don't care if I get yelled at, he could be talking about Dave Haxtell just as easily as he's talking about Don Cherry. Or us, for that matter.
0: Or the fans, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. they were, like,
0: we're all on board with Ghost, but they were go on Philly.com's comment section no, and there's a totally, no, there's a totally different uh, feeling about Jay Gossesbear.
3: I was going through some old stuff today and came across the Time to Move Gossesbear to Wing uh, from oh, Sam oh, D- That was, that was oh, a God. thing. I yeah. forgot about that. The Sam Danelle and Time oh, to Move Him to Wing oh, article, geez. and that just really tickled People me. People who don't know about hockey should not write about hockey. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. I move I in my NHL franchise. I always move Couturier to the blue line, so I get it. You know? <laughs> it makes sense, you know. in,
2: in in the video game world, <laughs>
3: yes, exactly, Steph. <laughs> That's the joke. Well, uh, <laughs> oh, All right, so Hextall also said some things. We got about 5 minutes to get through this. He talked about the goalie plan and the the most interesting quote was I uh I don't have a lot of interest in getting into a long drawn out deal with a goaltender. Thank he God. can probably say that about anyone not named Dale Weiss. He doesn't have interest in getting into oh a long drawn out deal. Ouch.
2: <laughs> 4 years. 4 years hey, of Dale three Weiss. More. I just him and Andrew McDonald.
3: Go on, same time. To, to me, the the
2: good. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> yeah. god!
3: Yeah. To me, the good news with that. We're having a party of at, that
1: offseason. at <laughs> least, we're going
0: to set it up now. <laughs> for me, time. at least, is that like I can't imagine they get Ben Bishop without <laughs> yeah, giving him a god. big deal, and he yeah. like he's the one goalie on the market who should probably get four or five years.
1: Right. So if they're not willing to give out a long term deal, they're probably not going to get him, which I think is a good
2: thing. It is a good thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Very good.
1: I think that the other interesting angle here to me is, and I, if we get if we have time, we're going to talk about it. The the young kids coming up on defense, you know, Hextall's basically said that's going to happen, you know, next season. Two two guys, maybe three, who knows? Um, what does that mean for the goaltending situation? Are they going to throw a guy like Anders Nilsson, who like actually might be a good option because he played really well behind a really awful Buffalo team, and he he wouldn't be that expensive. He might be a good option, but would they risk that with? a defense of Provorov and Sanheim and Sam Moran and, you know, kids who are
3: unproven. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They risked Mason behind, like, you know, the, the worst defenses they've ever put on the ice. That's really true. <laughs> That's fair point. But <laughs> but, but, but Mason, like how Gill's playing in a playoff game. Like <laughs> I don't care how inexperienced the guys
1: are. Pavel Brendel can't skate. Steve Mason obviously did not mean to this team when he was acquired. He did not mean to this team what a yeah, guy know, like Travis true. Sandheim does. Or right. true. The, the I other, meant Pavel Kubina, not Pavel Brendel. Yeah, break it out, Pavel Brendel. That
3: was Brendel in the Lindros trade? Is that yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. but the big thing, though, is that aside from the Bishop factor, which was the thing that jumped out, I mean, the other aspect of this was that it's an admission that they're going to go after another goaltender, which is basically saying that don't expect our tandem to be Neuvert-Stolars next year. Expected? Well, how to can be... it be?
3: Well, because Neuvert's the... going to be in Vegas. <laughs> oh, Jesus well, yeah. Christ,
0: Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but seriously, I mean, there, his there old GM is, is in Vegas, be... so... <laughs> GM, GM. <laughs> and his old goalie coach. See? Oh, it's all Ooh. coming together. It's, on, yeah. it's all I'm coming on, together. Yeah. But I, I would assume basically that what, you, basically what this is saying. Are you on board with this? I'm just, maybe. He's, he's <laughs> oh, just boy. trolling. I, I would assume <laughs> what this means is that your your goalie tandem next year is either going to be U- unknown UFA Neuvert or unknown UFA Stolars if Neuvert... Vegas conspiracy actually comes to fruition. Or gets treated. Mason Sandstrom. Or
3: gets treated. It's gonna be Mason Sandstrom, telling you. Ooh. He's not even coming over. Maybe not. We got we got I like mean, three minutes. Um, I love
2: him, Sandstrom.
3: More, we're there are four defensemen who could be here next year that weren't this year. Two of them I think have to be. Moore and Hag, it's time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Hag yeah. spent three years in the AHL and from all it's Haig. Hague Hag I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he Plus. does. Yeah, well, it's a city in the Netherlands. He can come on this show and tell me how to pronounce it. Until then, Hag should, should we invite him,
4: Robert? This <laughs> is available? he going to be the
3: new Wee voice Yes. yes. Okay. Stolars, Stolars. <laughs> I nailed. I, I know Stolars now. I've, <laughs> I've got, even got even that. Even though he's Stolarz. from Jersey, so his name should be Stolars. But I'll I'll let it go. uh <laughs> And Moran, are we okay with Moran or is it Moran? It's Moran. It's Moran. Moran. All right. Moran. <laughs> Moran has... 0 to, for 2, Bill. Moran <laughs> has to be here as well. Two years, he was a first-round pick. Yeah. Let's he's go. The 29th of, he's these the ninth
1: guy in that first round to make his NHL these debut. These
3: guys aren't kids anymore. No, they're it's 22 time, and 23 years it's old. It's time.
1: It's yep. time. Well, And yeah. they
2: both looked good in their NHL debut. Yeah. Over the well.
4: course of two games, it became very clear that they could have been called up soon. They I mean if they shit the bed been. in training
1: camp, that's the only possible way they're yeah. not here. But even even then, honestly... like.
2: It would have see to what be the, see what they are. It would have to be a really And messy.
3: that can't be figurative. They have to actually literally go shit on the in ice, a bed? pull down their pants, and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way they're the only not bit good bit enough. <laughs> That's <laughs> the are. only way they, <laughs> they can show they're out. not fit to be on this team. No. They no. got Brandon the Manning term, and Andrew
2: McDonald playing over. The them. term was shit the bed, which means they have to show up to Haxdall's house. Uh. <laughs> And listen, boys, it's, it's getting weird. I'm okay with this.
3: <laughs> uh, Sandheim, I don't expect right away, but I do expect him by the trade deadline. See, I, I guess this is where I'll kind of differ from you guys. If there's
0: two spots available, I'd rather have Sanheim take one of them.
2: Well, I, of I, I love Sanheim, I, I, just, I just think I he's, think...
1: I think he's better, and I think he's more ready than the Flyers are giving him credit for.
2: I, I agree with that. Phil
1: Myers is the only one of these four guys who I think needs an AHL year. Yeah. Um, yeah. His I, rise has been so quick in terms of his stock as prospect I think that we really need to see what we have in a, I just want to see him stay level. healthy that yeah. that to me is the big thing like if he can't stay healthy in
0: juniors I want him to show that he can stay healthy against men in the pros for yeah. at least a bit before you bring off. On. the only reason why I even considered him is because McKenzie straight upset and I mean mm-hmm. McKenzie's plugged in. McKenzie said he's NHL ready and like if Bob McKenzie's saying it that means that he's talked to multiple scouts who have told him that he's NHL ready right. so you can't discount that
2: we're talking about Myers
0: no yeah Phil Myers
3: He won't be 21 till January. He had the injury this year. He is playing in the queue, which. He had 35 points in 34 games I mean, I I could score 35 points in the queue. It's not like playing playing in the other two. Uh, Sean Couturier had 96 points in back-to-back seasons in the queue. It's not the other two leagues. But I want to see what the kid has. I hope all four of them are here out of camp because I can't watch his shit anymore. But (laughs) but it's not going to be that way, so I'm tempering expectations.
2: So so you'd have Gudis in the press box?
3: No. No, you know who we'd have in the press box. (laughs) No, not in the press box. In Allentown. Redding. Okay, Reddit. Well, fair. Redding. 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 Redding would be four. <laughs> Wait, hold on. No, you're saying you're saying
2: all four.
0: Yeah. We're saying that you have Gudus, Ghost, Proveroff, and then the four kits.
2: That's seven. Yeah. There's six spots? Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, you're talking about no. I mean, I'm talking right about on the ice. No, oh, oh, no, I'd be fine. I'd be fine with, <laughs> with rotating the guys. In. This is where we make Gus yeah. barrel wing. Oh, My bad, If you
0: have if you have four rookies and you go that route, I'd be fine with having like, rotating. Yeah, rotating them in. Yeah. You know, they're they're kids. They're still growing. Give them you know some games off. I mean, bring back the learning experiences. If you're rotating four rookies, then hey. What's the hurt? The, my, my thing you know is, what? I want to go with 11-4. That. that would
2: probably be the only time that I'd be like, okay, no, that makes sense for the healthy scratches. Like, all right, well, if you're actually rotating and this is part of the learning and the growing and it makes sense, that'd be fine. I'd be okay with that.
3: And that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Uh, please check out broadstreethockey.com. Thank you to Wildfire Radio for the, all their services. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about school?